Good morning. I bring you greetings from First Baptist Church of Salt Lake City, where I am standing in the middle of our beautiful sanctuary all alone. However, I am with you in spirit as we gather virtually for this day of worship, this Sunday, this Lord's Day. It's been quite a week as uh, the news of the coronavirus continuing to spread has come to us. And we've all been asked and forced to take certain precautions, uh, which is why we're not gathering physically as a church. Uh, If you're like me, you're avoiding public spaces and keeping your distance, doing social distancing of at least 10 feet or more, and trying to remain at home as much as possible. All of this can be quite stressful and anxiety-inducing. It brings with it a lot of worry about the future, especially when the news keeps uh, reporting uh, that things are just getting worse and worse before they're going to get any better. And there's uncertainty about when this pandemic will end. I feel confident that it will end, but we're not sure when or finally what the toll may be on uh, all of us as a society. Add to that any of us who may be scared and concerned about our jobs, about our uh, future, our economic situation, and our ability to care for ourselves or our family uh, during this time when uh, it seems like our whole system and our whole society is in a bit of upheaval. That brings with it just a constant sense of worry and stress. Uh, That can bring tension into the household, especially when you're stuck together. Add on to all of that uh, a little bit of cabin fever and uh, claustrophobia with the people you love. Uh, I invite us all to remember to be patient with one another during this difficult time. I pray that you are finding ways to seek God's peace and to be in the presence of God that brings a peace that passes all understanding. It's going to be important for you uh, as you go through this very difficult time to find those moments. I myself have been uh, spending time singing some of the songs that we sing here at church, some of the hymns and the music that we enjoy that immediately brings me into a a place of worship and and makes me feel connected to all of you as well. Uh, I'd invite you to maybe look through some of the, the psalms that bring comfort and remind us that God will get us through and that God is a mighty God who can uh, can guide us during this time of difficulty and struggle, and that ultimately we will make it through okay and come out the other side. Or even just finding time in quiet reflection away from all the news, away from all the anxiety, and just focusing on the beauty that surrounds us and God's blessings. Uh, I don't know if you figured this out yet, but certainly reading the news constantly or being on Facebook all the time can be bring about a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. 
uh, I would encourage you to walk away from the news and Facebook for several hours during the day and maybe just check in once once a day or so uh, to reduce some of that anxiety. Another thing that's important during this time is to remember and to acknowledge that we we do have certain blessings. Most of us are blessed with the resources we need to get through this difficult time. I know many of us may be uh, not feeling that uh, and finding it difficult to not worry about employment, about work, about our paychecks and things like that. However, there are, it's always a good time to acknowledge the resources we do have and the blessings that come our way uh, even when we're lacking in some other areas. And to remember those who don't have as much as we do. To that end, I wanted to share a, a, a prayer that was... Uh, that I got from Greg Glenn over at the Madeline Choir School, uh, but he got it from Father Larry Tenzi, who wrote it, and he's from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. So I'd invite you to be with me in prayer right now. Loving God, may we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we, who have no risk factors, remember those most vulnerable. May we, who have the luxury of working from home, remember those who must choose between preserving their health and making their rent. May we, who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools are forced to close, remember those who have no options. May we, who have to cancel our trips, Remember those who have no place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home remember those who have no home. During this time when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other, let us still find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbors. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to turn to our text for today in John chapter 9, 1 through 41. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work may be revealed in him. We must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but is someone like him? He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking, Then how were your eyes opened? 
He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes that were opened. He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And he, who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be our inspired word today. This text today addresses the age-old question of why. Why was this man born blind? Who 
who is the cause of it? Did his parents sin or did he sin? Did he do something to get punished by God or did his parents do something that brought punishment onto this child? We all ask these why questions. Why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people? Why do people I love die of cancer or tragic accidents? Why is the world plagued with this pandemic right now that is uh, taking the lives of so many uh, in so many different places? Uh, there are a lot of why questions out there. And this is one of the texts that kind of brings some insight into this. The Pharisees want to know. They bring this blind man to Jesus and they said, who sinned, this, this man's parents or him? And uh, all they know is that it was someone's fault and it wasn't going to be theirs. So they want to know who was to blame. And the Pharisees, they see this blind man and they see this blindness here as some kind of obstacle. They see blindness as some kind of problem that needs to be solved. Abraham and Sarah in the Bible also saw problems. Uh, Abraham said to, to God, Sarah is barren and old and you are telling us that we are going to have children. How is How can that be, Lord? But God didn't see problems, only saw solutions and saw something else. God said, look toward the stars, Abraham, and if you can count them, this is this will be the number of your descendants. Moses was also someone in the Bible who saw problems. God, don't send me to Pharaoh because I am a man who is slow of speech and slow of tongue. And God said to Moses, who gives speech to mortals? Who makes the mute or the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Isaiah also saw problems. Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among people of unclean lips. Don't send, don't send me, God. I'm the, I'm the wrong guy. But God said, look, no problem. I will give you clean lips. And, and God in a vision, sent angels who who brought a a, a burning coal and placed it to Isaiah's lips, representing the cleansing of his lips. Jeremiah, also when called by God, only saw problems. Truly, I do not know how to speak, for I I am just a young boy. But God said, don't say that. I will tell you what to say. Do not be afraid, for I am with you wherever you go. And the Apostle Paul saw problems. When Paul, who had an unnamed ailment, which he called a a thorn in his side, uh, pled with God, remove this thorn from me, God. And God responded to Paul and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so in response, Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus seems to be tapping into the same aspect of God as he looks into the heart of this man who had been born blind. Everyone in this man's life saw problems. 
But Jesus saw something different. It's as if he's saying to him, Look, man, everyone says you are blind, but I think that you see things perfectly. It's easy to see the problems of the world. It's easy to see the obstacles that lay out in front of us. Like Abraham and Sarah, it's difficult to see how you get from A to B, how you get from old and barren to having enough children to form an entire nation. Like Moses, it's easy to see what it is we are lacking and what can be a hindrance. And like Isaiah, it's easy to, to say, I'm unworthy. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not righteous enough. I'm not holy enough for the things that you want, God. Or like Jeremiah, it's easy to feel like there's someone out there who would be better equipped, uh, better qualified, or just better than me. Like Paul, we would rather not have to deal with the the obstacles and the, uh, and be inconvenienced or have the, the, struggle and the difficulty. But Jesus says in each one of these instances, you are who you are so that the the work of God may be revealed in you. This is the simple message I'm hearing in this text today. The obstacles that come along and the things in your life that seem hardest and most challenging are the biggest opportunities God has to show grace, to show love, hope, strength, power, and compassion in you and in others. If if you always had your stuff together, if you were always on the right path, if you were always confident, and if you were always doing the right thing, uh, where would God show up? Where would God be revealed? If you were so strong that you didn't need God, then God wouldn't be able to show in you. And so, in our weakness, like Paul said, uh, in our weakness, when I am weak, you are strong, Lord. And so in our weakness, God is revealed. Someday, we will look back at this time of very real struggle and very real fear. And perhaps with some sorrow for the losses. However, I believe we will also look back and see how the work of God was made manifest through who we are together. You know, the blind man didn't really have a lot of answers. He didn't know why. He didn't really know how. He didn't know what it was all about. He didn't even know who this Jesus was. A ah, prophet. Maybe he's a prophet. I don't know. I don't have a lot of answers. But what he did know is once I was blind and now I see. Like the blind man. There's a lot of things out there that I don't know and you don't know. I don't know when this crisis will end. I don't know who it will touch. And I don't know the long-term effects of this crisis either. On the church, on your lives, on my life, on the lives of the people we care about. And society as a whole. I do know this. God is showing God's self to us and to the world. 
in who we are together in these moments of real struggle and real challenge. Let us pray. O loving and gracious God, uh, as we hear this text of this man born blind whose, whose eventual sight brings glory to you, may we who are facing the challenge of this pandemic and any other challenges that may come our way or are going on right now, may you be revealed in those challenges as we live into who you have called us to be. May you be revealed as we struggle and we hope and we plead with you and we pray and we give ourselves over to your care and we count our blessings and we, we look for you to be revealed in how we can love you, love ourselves, and love our neighbors through this crisis. We ask that you would bring about healing soon. That you would bring an end to this pandemic. And that you would be with those who are working so hard to find solutions. May we all be willing to do our part for each other and with each other, and keep each other safe. We ask all of this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our friend. Amen. Thank you, and God bless.